WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley <laughs> Services. The road to Ford Field is shorter than ever, and with just one more win, Thanksgiving is canceled in the thumb. Today, in some matinee action, the LB Bearcats face off with playoff perennial Beale City. Good afternoon and hello from the state semifinal here in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for today's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional, he even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Uh, happy to be here, and Mount Pleasant always puts on a, a good atmosphere. The turf looks great, and ready to get this game underway. Just four teams remain in the MHSA Division 8 playoffs, but only two from today can advance to the granddaddy of them all, the state championship. Defending state champion Reading, along with Fowler, Beale City, and the hometown Ubley Bearcats are all vying for a spot at Ford Field. Uh, four very deserving teams. Some some very, uh, like I said, Reading, a defending state champion. Uh, Beale City's been there many times, but uh, we're all hoping the Bearcats fill one of those two spots. The Ubley Bearcats have been absolutely throttling their opponents since the calendar has flipped to the month of November. Each week in the postseason, the gang of the M19 Valley have scored more than their previous game, with last week knocking out Novell Catholic Central 56-36. Now they face another blue and white squad, Beale City. Well, I don't like to hand out spoilers too early, Clark, but there's no way they put up over 56 on this Beale City team. It's going to have to be a low-scoring defensive battle, and we all know Beale City is a definitely a tough playoff caliber team. Beale City has returned to the playoffs for the first time in three years. Head coach Brad Gross has his Aggies playing at a high level, taking out the UP Power Ishpeming a week ago. For the 35th season, the Aggies are charging through the postseason with a slightly new take on their historically tough-nosed style of play. Well, I'd like to thank the Aggies for not having any situation of going up north and getting rid of Ishpeming, but because uh, Mount Pleasant's a great place to be. But this is a different team. They'll run some different formations. They're not just a wing T team like we saw seven, eight years ago. Coming up in the next 60 minutes, we'll review this week's playoff games, host our media roundtable, and much more. It's the Ugly Bearcats against the Beale City Aggies in the Division Eight State Semifinals. Today's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Cycler, the talk of the thumb, and DS Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs. Here in Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, More Motors of Carrow, and More Shoreline of Seabwing, Bayport State Bank, Huron Auto Parts, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Obli Motor Service, DM Cabinet Shop, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure, Better Health, Better Life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services and the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the stress written consent of the W at the W Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. Three years ago, in four days, we found ourselves right here in the same exact spot with the Ubley Bearcats in the state semifinals in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. 
Now, three years later, Ubley has once again reached the state semifinals. But instead of facing off with Puamo Westphalia, the Bearcats are up against a different postseason perennial, the Beale City A's. The names of the rosters have changed with the exception of one. In that game on November 19th, 2016, Ubley found the end zone twice, Derek Brown on the two-yard run, and then a freshman by the name of Casey Sweeney when he broke out for a 44-yard dash to the end zone. Someone else who has been through it all is my broadcast partner for eight years, Dave Hanson. Uh, that, was a, that was a great game, Clark, and we've been very fortunate through the years. We've been to a lot of great venues, saw a lot of great fields, and a lot of big games, and uh, this is no different. This is a big game for the Ubley Bearcats. Last week, it was a great atmosphere to see the Ubley Bearcats with their first regional championship on their home turf since 2009 when they defeated Petersburg Summerfield 42-20. to But Dave, I think I speak for everyone, our broadcast team, as well as everyone who tried to listen to our first half last week. They were glad we were broadcasting from anywhere but the apparent broadcast kryptonite of Clark Ramsey, the Ubley Tower. (laughs) Yeah, I would would agree with that, and I feel personally the same way, but... Every Superman has their kryptonite, Clark. I'm Clark, but I'm not Clark Kent. I know that much. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Well, I can assure you we are attempting everything in our power to be able to resolve that issue, a signal uplink in Ubley. Regardless, though, here we are in Mount Pleasant with a telecom tower not even 200 feet away from us. Also within arm's reach of me today would be our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Each and every week, Doug travels from Livonia, Michigan for us and tackles the offensive and defensive stats for both teams. Doug, it's good to have you back in the booth. It's been a while. It's good to be back, Clark. Uh, I missed you guys the past two weeks. I'm looking forward to a great game. Yeah, don't take long. Shake off the rust. We'll need you right away, okay? Excellent. I'm ready. Did you eat anywhere? Oh, yes, I did. I was in downtown Mount Pleasant. Uh, the restaurant was called uh, Stan's Restaurant. The food was uh, delicious. Had uh, breakfast there. Really good. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? It does, yes. Well, that's good. I was, I was, I'm relieved to hear that, Doug, and it's good to have you back. And it gets the Doug Cole seal of approval, and dining with Doug will continue into the future. Our director of game data analytics, also known as my fiance, Rochelle Thompson, is unable to join us due to booth size constraints. But if all goes to plan, we'll hopefully have her back with us on Black Friday from Ford Field. I'm sure that'll go over well. That's exactly where she would rather be, I'm sure, is in Ford Field next week. And our last but certainly not least member of our broadcast team, Dan Banky, is with us today as Director of Visual Data and Spotter for us. He's just one of the many reasons we sound like we know what we're talking about while on air. Absolutely. Uh, as a former player, he sees the game as good as anybody, and he can spot those numbers way quicker than any of us can. So we appreciate having Dan up here. Now for a programming note, as was the case last week, in the event of an ugly victory today, the strong side will take place tomorrow at its normal time slot, Sunday at 7 p.m. with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams. If things do not go as planned, then unfortunately that will be no strong side tomorrow and we'll get to prepare and wrap things back up until broadcasting begins for basketball after the new year. Absolutely. So we're going to hopefully our Bearcats handle their business tonight and we'll see you uh, on air tomorrow night, gentlemen, and we'll talk about the game and we'll obviously let you know what's happening with the Cass City game and what's going on there and hopefully they can make a, a second half run here. This afternoon we find ourselves in Mount Pleasant, Michigan for the state semifinals between the Beale City Aggies and the Ugly Bearcats. The winner heads to Ford Field, so keep it locked on the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. 
or listen live and worldwide at WLLBSports.com. And if you missed our broadcast, you can listen to it in full replay action. Just go to WLLBSports.com slash podcast and download in podcast form wherever you get your podcast. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Paul P. Adams, Doug Cole, Dan Pankey here in the booth with us right now. Thumb tailgater to our left from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. It's now our segment we like to call the Meet Around Table on WLW Sports, where we gather up as many football aficionados as possible and pit them against each other for breaking rights. Joining me today from the Huron County View, the Mark D'Antonio at the Round Table, <laughs> Paul P. Adams. Winners of yesteryear, not so much this year. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen, and our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our games. Predictions when that time comes, we will deem a Meet Around Table winner. 13 weeks into the season, and Paul P. Adams is finally on the board. The current standings are Doug Cole, 5, Clark Dave Hansen, 2, Clark Ramsey, 1, and Paul P. Adams also 1. Hey, 1's better than 0. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Ubley Bearcats, last week. I was on. I was almost on the money on that, uh, calling a, a big win for the Bearcats. They got me on the board. Uh, at least I'm going to end probably end the season tied with Clark. So, uh but uh, can't can't defend my my three time championship, so it's uh, graciously probably going to go to Doug this year. So congratulations on a on a season well played. But it was uh, definitely good to uh, hear uh, hear that old clip one more time. Uh, Forty four. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so how it works: each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for today's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winners will be deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I Clark Ramsey will graciously. Except the victory for the week, since Paul won last week the first time in 52 weeks. He will go last. <laughs> so batting leadoff. I practiced this week. Batting leadoff is Dave Hansen, followed by Doug Cole, and finally, Paul B. Adams. So, Dave Hansen, take things away. Uh, gentlemen, uh, let's hope this isn't our last call. So, I've, let's look at this way here. Beale City is a tough team. I don't know a lot about them. I've only saw a few clips and asking around and get the, the details on them, but they're going to be a little different Beale City team than we saw uh, many years ago. Uh, we're going to see the versatility, but that doesn't bother the Bearcats. They are defensively sound. They haven't let anybody beat them up. I mean, Novell was able to throw on them. I don't foresee that being an issue today. They got a big tight end they got to cover, but if they can double team him or take him out of the equation, it's going to be a running game. I see this being more of a battle, a low scoring battle between two heavyweight teams that want to control the clock give me the bearcats a 24 20 victory a four-point victory for the ugly bearcats going to dave hansen 24 to 20 now our director of sports information doug cole should be a great game i don't know much about beale city except they've been a powerhouse uh, for many years uh Ubley's, uh hot right now they um they blew out well i don't want to say blow up blew out but they uh controlled uh saginaw Val. Uh, we'll see. I, I got Ubley winning this game. I think it's going to be close, but I got them winning 34-26. 34-26, an eight-point victory for the Ubley Bearcats, scoring to Doug Cole, our director of sports information, which leaves Paul P. Adams. Oh boy, I I didn't expect this at all. Um, it's it's good to be in the leadoff or in, in the <laughs> I've always been in the leadoff spot. It seems like good to be back and clean up here. Uh, as far as the game goes, uh, I think both of these teams definitely want to control the ball, slow down the pace. We are not going to see a, a game that's going to be a shootout by any means. Uh, really, probably the first one to twenty probably wins this game. Uh, what concerns me most about Beale City is uh, when we were breaking them down last week. They had an eighteen play, seven minute drive. They can absolutely keep the ball away from you and uh, that's what Ubley wants to do as well. I'm going to go with the Bearcats in this game. I, I just think the the momentum and uh, they see what's ahead of them. It's going to be extremely, extremely close. I think Ubley's going to win this. 
uh, 22 to 20. A two-point victory, according to Paul P. Adams for the Ubley Bearcats, 22 to 20. So the experts have spoken. Paul P. Adams has the under at Ubley by two points. Doug Cole at the top at eight points. And in between, stuck in the middle with you, Dave Hansen at four. So I guess that means I've got Beale City today, it looks like. Let's take a look at other area games going on across the region. And Division One of eight-player football. That is ongoing right now. I have not heard the latest score on that between Colon and Sutton's Bay. It was back and forth between Colon and Sutton's Bay, 7-6 to six at one point. Up in Marquette right now, started kickoff at 11. Uh, I had Colon actually win in this game pretty big. Uh, as I, was, uh, I drove over here uh, with Jason Parmenter today from Quad End Productions, and he was up in Sutton's Bay last week covering Kingston. He said Sutton's Bay was as surprised as anybody to even be in the state semifinal. So I, they're, they're obviously very uh, very new to the state finals, and I just think that uh, they're going to – I thought they were going to go in there a little wide-eyed. It's a little closer than I thought, but I think Colon, a uh, very, very talented team, uh, and I, I think they will they will pull away and, and win that state championship. I agree with you. I, both teams are, you know, trying to feel the other team out. It's always a little slow to begin with, but Colin went down the field and scored right away. I think they end up pulling away as well. And Colin leads at halftime 7-6 to six in the eight-player state semifinals Division One. In Division Two, the game after that one would be Pickford at 10-1 and one, taking on Portland St. Patrick at 12-0. and 0. Yeah, give me Pickford all day long in this game. Uh, I was a little surprised by St. Patrick uh, – handling Climax Scots, but Pickford, uh, they're playing UP football. That one loss is to Powers North Central, and they avenged that loss in the playoffs. So uh, they might be a one-loss team, but that's that's as quality of a loss as you can get. Uh, Pickford is the standard in eight-player football in either division, and I think they'll win this game pretty handedly today. That's exactly right. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. We think Pickford would beat Colin or Sutton's Bay, let alone Portland St. Patrick. So wouldn't be surprised if they win by 20. In Division 7, one game took place last night in the Superior Dome as well up in Marquette. That was Pawamba, Westphalia, and Iron Mountain. And the Lower Peninsula won for the first time in Marquette in about, I think, about 73 years. Pawamba, Westphalia allowed Iron Mountain to score first, but then Pawamba, Westphalia rattles off 43 straight points for the victory, 43-7. to And now Pawamba, Westphalia will be taking on the winner of Jackson Lumen Christie in Cass City. Ongoing right now, it's halftime. And Lumen Christie's leading Cassidy twenty nothing. Before we talk about Cassidy, I mean that's that was an undefeated Iron Mountain team playing in their backyard just a few hours from Marquette, and it didn't matter to Pete Up. Pete Up went up there, spotted them seven, and then scored the next forty three. Uh, that team is an absolute machine, and uh, I, I think uh, I think the odds on favor to win Division Seven, regardless of what happens with Jackson Lumen Christie and Cassidy. Yeah, Jackson Lumen Christie is again up twenty nothing on Cassidy, so chances are they're going to hold that. But I still I think they can. Played a little closer than Iron Mountain did, but uh, Puamo Westphalia is the real deal. They're a very tough team, uh, well-rounded. They don't really have any weaknesses. And to be quite honest with you, Iron Mountain has never really been a team that has made a splash in the playoffs. They seem like they're always there, but they've never really gone anywhere. So no surprise, Puamo Westphalia puts the hammer to them. In Division 8 playoffs, we have Ubley and Beale City. Facing off in front of us, and the winner of this one goes on to play Reading and Fowler. This uh, Fowler and Reading are facing off in Battle Creek today, also at 1 o'clock. That's kicking off in about 35 minutes. The Eagles versus Rangers. The Rangers, of course, defending Division 8 champions. Yeah, the Reading Rangers, they are the class of Division 8. Uh, their one loss is a 14 nothing loss to the team we just talked about in the uh, Paloma Westphalia. You talk about a quality loss, that's a quality loss. And uh, um, Reading just seems to be on another level in Division 8. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll take out Fowler. Fowler pretty handily in the in that game. Yeah, it's been a good run for Fowler. Absolutely, you know, happy for them to make it this far, but I still don't see any way Reading loses this game. 
All right. We, and then we, of course, have our expert picks in already. All three taking Upley. Dave Hansen at four, Doug Cole at eight, and Paul P. Adams by two for the Upley Bearcats. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the Beale City Aggies right here on the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of the MHSA Division 8 State Semifinals between the Ugly Bearcats and the Beale City Aggies from Mount Pleasant, Michigan at Community Memorial Stadium. The joint field between the Oilers and Sacred Heart Catholic Academy. Mark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky with your call today from Mount Pleasant. And let's take a look at the Beale City Aggies. When the history of the MHSA football playoffs are discussed, no doubt that Ugly's opponent this afternoon is certainly in that conversation. The Beale City Aggies are making their 35th playoff run this year, which is tied for the most in state history, not just in Division 8, but all schools in the entire state of Michigan. In fact, since 1974, the Aggies of Beale City have had just three seasons that ended below 500, 1999, and then the last two years, 2017 and 18. Head coach Brad Gross has brought back the winning ways with an 11-1 record this year, and without a doubt, lives and breathes the culture of Aggie football. He sure does. He has quite the history. He's been the head coach since 2015. He's won 33 games. He's lost 19, a 63% winning percentage. Uh, and he was a 1995 graduate in Beale City and was the quarterback of the 1994 state championship team. Uh, he also has coached the JV team for 12 years, and he was the offensive coordinator for the 2009 state championship team. And uh, a fun fact for you to end all these stats, he's tied for 16th in state history for most defensive interceptions in one season with 12. I'm not even sure how you get on that list. Uh, but the, the guy's done it all for Beale City. He really has. When it comes to the style of football that Beale City brings to the table, not much has changed since the Aggies' first postseason run in 1980. You hear the comparison a lot that Beale City plays football like a thumb team, hard-nosed, downhill, and mentally tough. Well, they've ran the ball for 2,554 yards this season and 33 touchdowns, so they average 6.5 yards per carry. They passed the ball 77 times, completed 33 of them for 574 yards and 7 TDs. Probably why they have 12 district titles, 14 regional titles, 7 finals appearances, and 2 state championships. At quarterback for Beale City, is a very talented senior play caller by the name of Jack Schaefer. Aside from also having an easier name to pronounce than Novell's quarterback, Iquiava, uh, Schaefer, much easier to say, has the ability to dictate the pace of a game and pick up our defensive schemes in front of him. Lee Schaefer sounded out, though. It, it looks it, the it, way it's supposed it, to be exactly. said, right? <laughs> we are not K-U-J-A-W-A. How do you get Kuyoff out of there? The, there's a lot of letters in there and different I, sounds. I'm I digress. You. Anyway. Correct. Uh, Jack Schaefer, though, a senior, uh, a familiar name, a uh, name we heard back, uh, same as Casey Sweeney. Those guys uh, were on that same team a couple years ago. But he's 22 of 39 passing. He's got seven TDs, 418 yards. He will pass the ball just enough to make sure you know that they can do it if they want to, um, which is exactly what Ubley wants to do. Pass the ball three times, make sure you know that it's there and hope to hit you with a big one. Uh, rushing, though, he rushes very little. He has 24 carries on the season for zero yards. He does have one rushing touchdown, and against Ishraming, he had three carries for eight yards. His job is, is a game manager. He is going to hand the ball off. He is going to throw it off play action a couple times when you least expect it. 
but he is not the running quarterback you're used to seeing playing the quarterback position. Historically running the straight T offense, Brad Gross has introduced a few different variations to it at Beale City, including the wing T, the double wing like Lakers runs, and maybe even some spread seldomly. With that, Beale City has realistically five different running backs with four of them having over 450 yards apiece. Yeah, I still think Trey Small is the guy you're going to have to keep an eye on. He's 5'6", 113 pounds. He plays cornerback as well as running back. He is their senior back. He's got 100. He's the only one over 100 carries, 115 yards, 700 yards on the season, and eight TDs. But they have some big play guys. An underclassman they really like, Wade Wilson, a sophomore. Uh, he's got five TDs on the year. He averages eight yards, eight and a half yards a carry. So he's kind of a guy that's come in and thrown a big punch here and there. But uh, T.J. Maxson, Ben Matthews, and Ryan Ames are some guys and other names you will hear depending on the formation. Through the air of the 33 completions this season, 15 of them have gone to Logan Chillman, who is built like your traditional tall and lengthy wide receiver. Uh, yeah, Logan Chillman, number 10, 6'2", 160-pound senior. rest of the receivers are considered running backs. They're the undersized, quick guys. But uh, he's got five TDs, 254 yards, and he averages almost 17 yards every time he catches the ball. So he is a guy that can move the change when you least expect it. On defense, Beale City is allowing just 11 points per game on average, including three shutouts and two games with just one touchdown. Sound familiar, Dave? That sounds very familiar. Only one team has scored more than three TDs on them, and that was McBain. When they, they lost 27 nothing. You're going to hear the name Seth Schaefer a lot today. He's a six foot three, two and 285 pound middle linebacker. You'll be hearing his name a lot. He hits hard and he's all over the field. I believe he plays on the end as well, but I, I'm surprised that they don't use him. Uh, Rob Gronkowski like uh, use him on the end and throw it to him. But uh, yeah, he is a beast, and you can guarantee you that you will hear his name a lot, especially defensively and uh, some college recruits too. I'm sure. We are just 27 minutes away from kicking things off between Beale City and the LA Bearcats. Keep it locked down. Your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. The Beale City Aggies against the Ugly Bearcats. Tough nose against tough nosed. Wing T against the straight T in the Division 8 state semifinals from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. The crowds are filling in as the long trek for Beale City is here. They left about four minutes ago. Ugly left this morning at about 9 a.m. The Ugly Bearcats for the 19th season since the MHSA playoffs have been in existence. The Ugly Bearcats are part of the action. Altogether, the Ubley Trophy case has 14 playoff pieces of hardware in it, seven district titles, six regional championships, and one state runner-up trophy. The crazy part, head coach Bill Sweeney has had his hand in nearly every single one of them. Uh, it's not that crazy. He's a great coach, Clark. Uh, he's coached 109 games, nine seasons. He's 88-21. and 21. He's won 80% of the games he's coached, and he was the head coach for six of the seven districts, five of the six regional championships, five of the six semifinal appearances, and the finals appearance. Matter for of fact, he, let me keep going. Yeah, Matter of fact, ahead. I got one more for you. He's had six 10-win seasons in nine years of coaching and has never missed a playoffs. Impressive resume. A, a, a shoe-in for Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Oh, I, I don't know, anybody who disagrees with you, I'd like to have a conversation with him. <laughs> for three straight weeks in the postseason, the Ugly Bearcats have been controlling the tempo of the game and really have never had the outcome of the game in question or in peril. 
They took out USA 30-8 at home, then went on the road in Harbor Beach 34-20, gave Harbor Beach their first loss in the playoffs at home since 2003, and then last week they beat Novell at home again 56-36. Part of that equation is their senior play caller and coach's son, Casey Sweeney. Absolutely. Uh, Casey's 5'8", 160-pound senior, plays defensive back as well. Four years on varsity. Uh, he had a touchdown in their playoff game that they ended up losing to Puama, Westphalia. Last year, very notably, he had 824 yards and nine TDs. This season, it's down to 680 and eight TDs, where... You know, I think they've allowed him to throw it a little more. They haven't needed him to make the big runs. The other running backs have done their jobs. He's 26 of 47 passing. He does have one interception, but 397 yards and six passing TDs. And against Novell, he was four of five passing for 95 yards. Never attempted a pass in that Harbor Beach game. So you can see very similar to what we just talked about with Beale City. They just want to mix in a couple of them and play action to try and hit you for a big one and catch that defense cheating in on the run. Much like Beale City, the horsepower for Ubley's offense comes from a three-back set out of the straight tee with three capable, powerful, and oversized running backs. The best part is just one of the three is a senior. Altogether in the postseason, Ubley has run the ball for a total of 916 yards in just three games. Uh, that's a ton. And, and Carson Haleski was the, the name last week as uh, he ran all over Novell. 33 carries, 277 yards rushing with six touchdowns. He was the guy last week. The week before, it was Shane Ozentoski. He had 23 carries, just 89 yards, but four very important touchdowns against Harbor Beach. And don't forget 47, Colin Oberski, just a sophomore. And he's got 235 yards and two touchdowns of his own this postseason. Alone. Through 12 games, the Yellow Bearcats are allowing on average just two touchdowns per game with 14.7 points on defense. With that, they have six games where they have allowed just one touchdown or less. Absolutely, and they uh, they dominated Harbor Beach. They only allowed four yards rushing on 10 carries. That Novell was able to get 165 yards rushing on them and 294 yards passing. So it was a uh, 10. 10 yards per play versus .4 for Harbor Beach. So the defense wasn't nearly as capable as it was against Harbor Beach, but the offense was so prolific uh, that Saginaw Novell had no answer for that running game. So look for them to find that offense with the defense game plan they put up against Harbor Beach and try to find their way to Ford Field next week. We'll see how their defense holds up as they face a team of their own liking. The Beale City Aggies kickoff is in... 19 minutes right here on the W. LW Sports Network being powered by Agar Valley Services. Just 14 minutes away from kicking things off, the Division 8 state semifinals. Just four teams remain in Division 8, and the Ugly Bearcats are one of them. The others, Beale City, Reading, and Fowler, all trying to make their punch their ticket to Ford Field and play on Black Friday starting at 10 a.m., and we hope to be there as well. As the Canadian Goose flies, it's 98 miles due west from Ugly to Beale City. But if that same Canadian Goose then had to turn around and fly to Mount Pleasant, more likely he could do it. It would be just a mere nine-mile journey. Ubley has a 99-mile trek to arrive here in Mount Pleasant. The Aggies had a slightly shorter trip. 12 miles are roughly the same distance from Ubley to Minden City. Or the length of a trip when you get in your car, you look at the fuel gauge and say, eh, I could make it. 
In regards to school size, Ubley has 198 students in high school. That makes them the 12th small school in Division 8. Beale City has 249 students enrolled per the MHSAA, which puts the Aggies as the 6th largest school in Division 8 football. So pupil to pupil, it's Beale City by 51 students. Today's opponents have never faced off against each other on the gridiron. Beale City has made it to the playoffs 35 times. That's tied for the most in the state of Michigan. Ubley has made the postseason a total of 19, with nine of those under Bill Sweeney. Beale City has 12 district titles, Ubley 7. Regional titles, Beale City 14, Ubley 6. Semifinal appearances, the Aggies have made it 14 times. This would be Ubley's sixth time in the Final Four. Beale City has made it to the state championship game seven times and have won it all twice. Ubley has made it to the finals just once and are still looking for that final crown. In the world of offensive production, Ubley has a decent advantage over Beale City. The Bearcats are averaging 36.8 points per game and are the best offense in the Greater Thumb Conference, even beating Outcast City. And the Aggies are posting at 27.9 on average on offense. So offensively, it's Ubley by 8.9 points. Defensively, Ubley is allowing 14.6 points per game through 12 weeks of the season. Beale City sees their bet and raises them just slightly. The Aggies are giving up 11.3 per 48 minutes of play. So on defense, Beale City has the advantage by 3.3 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident in that line, unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Penny Hardaway Sports Wagering Department set out for factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for today's game sits at Beale City, one and a half points. That's basically a wash at that point. Uh, absolutely. It's a pick'em game for sure. Today is the 327th day of the year, meaning just 31 days until Christmas. For those who are just joining us, welcome to our state semifinal broadcast between Ubley and Beale City. Thank you for listening to today's game. Whether you're listening from home, from afar, or perhaps heading home after gassing up your car on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Which brings me to this week's trivia question. Dave, you ready for this? Absolutely. Let's do it. Oil production. Oh, that's my specialty. I, I assume so. And being in Mount Pleasant, it's considered the oil capital of Michigan. After oil was discovered here back in 1928. But that would not be the first discovery of oil in the state of Michigan. My question to you, Dave, is where in Michigan was the first commercial oil production established? This is, uh, a, this is an easy one. Yeah, yeah sure is. This, is. this is common knowledge. I'm sure it is. Uh, I have no clue, so I'll go with... How about Grand Rapids? Well, actually, the other side of the state, Port Huron. I was actually surprised to hear oh. that. Port Huron was actually uh, the first one production in Michigan with 22 wells drilled in 1886. You think about that, 20 years after the Civil War, they're drilling for oil. That would be the leading producer in Michigan despite its small output all the way until 1927. That's when 300 oil wells were drilled in Saginaw and the oil boom began in Michigan. Oil would be struck in Mount Pleasant a year later in 1928. Since 1925, 57,000 oil and gas wells have been drilled in Michigan, which ranks 19th nationwide in oil production, producing 5.4 million barrels of oil per year. Dave, I gave you a simple one here, or at least a good chance here. What state produces the most oil in the United States? Which state promotes promotes them? Let's see. Okay, uh, I feel good about one of them. I think Texas is one of them. Ring the bell. Okay. Ring the bell. The other one, though, I don't feel good about. Uh, I'm going to stay in the same general area and go with, how about Wyoming? Well, it's actually North Dakota, one state over there. Uh, Texas produces 1.6 billion, that's billions with a B, 1.6 billion barrels per year, more than the next 11 states combined. 
is an increase of production by 73% in just five years. North Dakota is number two, 461 million barrels per year, including the co-op elevator with numerous locations throughout the Thumb area and also one in North Dakota. Lower drilling costs and utilizing shale oil fields have been a large reason for the growth in oil production in the United States, especially Texas. So my final question to you, Dave, today is if Texas were a country, what would, with their 1.6 billion barrels of year of oil a year, where would Texas fall in the worldwide production rankings? Wow. Uh, where would they fall? I would say that that is big enough to put them in the top five, and I'll say five. Well, you're, you're correct in the top five, but actually number three. Wow. Okay. Behind only Russia and Saudi Arabia. Texas passed Iraq and Iran in oil production last year. Think about that. Texas produces more oil than Iran and Iraq, and they did that last year in 2018. The Lone Star State produces over 5.6 million barrels per day. Mind you, 5.6 million barrels, that's how much Michigan produces in a year. Texas does it in a day. It would actually be seeing larger production numbers, but a shortage of pipelines out of the Permian Valley are causing the bottleneck. And speaking of the Permian High... What are your three games, uh, three keys to today's game? Uh, I tied it into football yeah, for once. Yes. Thank you. I think so. I don't know how you did it, but you did. Uh, well, let's see. We're, we're, uh, we have three points, and they're all for the ugly Bearcats, okay? So let's start with the first one. Very obvious one. Get that one out of the way. Control the clock. This game, Ubley wants to dictate the way this game starts to finishes. The similar how they did to Harbor Beach. It got a little out of control out of them against Saginaw Novell, but the offense was so good. You can't ask your kids to lay down. If you're going to score on every play, go for it. That Saginaw Novell defense had no answer for it. So control the clock and dictate the pace of the game. Uh, on num- number two, Seth Schaefer, tight end. You have to find an answer for him. He is a difference maker. Um, not so much on the offensive side, but don't be fooled. A kid that size, that athletically talented, don't be surprised if he is playing end on offense and catches a pass if they need him to. But on defense, he is all over the field. Uh, Think uh, Max Bullis, Traverse City St. Francis comparison, okay? Uh, He will fill the middle of the field. He will take away running game. So if you're ugly, you have to block chip him very well to get your three yards every play. Remove number 80 from the equation. And the final point is controlling the clock is really good, but if you do not score, it does not matter in my opinion. So those drives, you need to finish them with points. Long, slow drives, finishing with points. Because in this game, Beale City is trying to do the exact same thing to you. So if you only get three or four possessions in the first half, you want to capitalize on as many as possible. Current conditions in Mount Pleasant, Michigan are 39 degrees with mostly sunny skies. They're calling for a 10% chance of rain this afternoon. Winds are out of the southwest at 8 miles per hour and guessing up to 13. Visibility is at 9 miles. Barometric pressure is dropping at 29.81 inches. And the dew point is at 30 degrees. It feels like it's 34 degrees out. The humidity is at 73%. Sunset is at 4.58. And we're currently in the waning crescent moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. Sunrise this morning at 7.35. Sunset at 4.58. So on November 23 of 2019, we have nine minutes, nine hours. It feels like nine minutes. Nine hours and 23 minutes of daylight. That's a loss of 15 minutes per a week ago. And what's most sad is we now have 14 hours and 37 minutes of darkness per day. Beale City won the toss, elected to defer. So the Ugly Bearcats will be receiving the ball first. And now we listen in as looks like we have a joint effort between the Beale City and Ugly marching bands with our national anthem. The Division 8 state semifinals from Mount Pleasant, Michigan at Community Memorial Stadium. 
between the Beale City Aggies and the Ugly Bearcats. Just four teams remain in the state semifinals right now. Their game going on simultaneously down in Battle Creek between Ubley, or excuse me, between Reading and Fowler. Reading, the defending eight, defending Division Eight state champion from a year ago, as their first in school history. The Ugly Bearcats trying to find theirs first in school history. Beale City has two of them: 2009 and 1994. 1994, of course, the year of the head coach, Brad Gross, when he was quarterback as a senior for Mount Pleasant. Michigan now we listen in to our PA announcer here from Mount Pleasant High School. Stadium for today's semifinal game in the 2019 Division 8 11, play, 11 player football playoffs. The stakes are high today. Let our level of sportsmanship be even higher. Remember, nothing beats good sportsmanship. Ladies and gentlemen, the privilege of this game was made possible by those who have fought and continue to fight for the freedoms we enjoy. Let us now honor and respect their efforts and our country. Civilian gentlemen, please remove your hats. Active and retired military, we encourage you to render the appropriate salute and everyone able, please stand at attention, placing your hand over your heart as we proudly play our national anthem performed by combined Beale City and Ubley bands and conducted by Ubley band director, Jennifer Nichol. Always good to see when the bands both make it out to the game today, especially the LB Bearcats making all the journey all the way over here. Like we said, Beale City won the toss. You like to defer your officials today. Your referee would be Ed Phillipson, headlinesman Scott Jones, umpire Tom Bastista, Bastista, Batista, excuse me, your line judge Isaac Frisbee, yes, Frisbee, side judge is James Dore, your back judge Mark Holland, and your field judge Oliver G. Myers. Seven man crew from the state semifinals onward in the MHSA playoffs. This crew uh, were in Pontiac most recently, covered in the game there. And now we take a look at the starting lineups for the Ugly Bearcats. On offense, quarterback Casey Sweeney, he's a senior. And your line here, Austin Bruski is your center. On the left side of the line, your guard will be Austin Burke. And Ethan Small, your left tackle. Right guard will be Ethan Bruski. And your right tackle, Nolan Van Erp. Your tight ends, left tight end, Kyle Sweeney, Isaac Warzinski, your right tight end. 
For the Beale City Yankees, quarterback Jack Schaefer. He's a senior. Your backfield, three-men backfield. Let's talk about the backfield for Ubley first, though, here. Shane Ozentoski, Cal Noberski, and Carson Holeski is your fullback. For the Beale City Yankees, Jack Schaefer, quarterback. Your backfield, Trey Small, Wade Wilson, and Logan Chilman would be your wing back. On the front line, center, Alex Beneski. He's a senior. Right tackle, Jared Gottschalk. Right guard, Ethan Locke on the left side of the line. Left guard, Chase Smith. Left tackle, Matthew Oswald. And your tight end would be Seth Schaefer for Beale City. Beale City in their home blue uniforms. White pants, white helmets, similar to the Dallas Cowboys. Insignia on the side of their helmet. The star, the Ubley Bearcats in their road white uniforms. Black pants, flat matte black helmets with black face masks with black numbers and orange outline. Traditional looking jerseys for the Ubley Bearcats. Kicking off for the Beale City Yankees would be number 72, Aiden Mindel. He's the center, also outside linebacker, and he's also the kicker for this team. Six foot, 170 pound junior for Beale City. Kicking off from the left hash of the 40 yard line, right to left across your radio. 12 minutes around the clock. Dave Hansen, any initial thoughts here? Not nothing. I just took a walk on the turf here about an hour ago. It seems to be put together well in great shape. Uh, they were raving about it. Uh, I talked to some of the ugly kids, and they said it's uh, you know it's a little different, but uh, it's holding up well, and uh, they are getting used to it and ready to ready to start this game. And with the wind in at his back, Mindel's kick comes into the end zone for a touchback, so the ugly Bearcats will start out in their own red zone. Left to right across your radio. 12 minutes are still on the board. And Casey Sweeney and the Bearcats trying to strike like they have the past two games early and often. Yeah, clearly they uh, were not watching warm-ups that Dan and I were watching when uh, that same kicker was making 40-yard field goals with ease. Uh, so typically, Ubley has guys standing on about the 15-yard line to ready to receive the kick. And when that ball was still rising, I think it was still going over their heads. Uh, they were quite shocked, in, but it harmlessly falls into the end zone, and they will start on their own 20-yard line. Casey Sweeney under center at his own 20-yard line, left right across your radio. It's going to be a handoff up the middle to 47. Colin Obersky, he gets out to about the 22-yard line. Stop made by Logan Chilman out of the secondary, 6'2", 160-pound senior. They're going to say a three-yard gain, second down in seven from the 23-yard line. Well, we talked about it in the pregame, Clark, and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, and against Harbor Beach, Shane Ozentoski was the back that you needed to keep an eye on. Last week, Carson Haleski ran absolutely wild. So it only makes sense that Colin Obersky gets the first carry tonight and uh, doesn't go too far, just gets about two yards maybe. Coming out in the same formation, working off the right hash, three men backfield, seven men in the line. Casey Sweeney is under center. Handoff quick to Carson Haleski around the left end. He gets across the 25 and falls forward out to the 26. They're going to mark him actually down to the 27. Tackle made out of the secondary. Trey Small, 5'6", 113-pound senior. He is small. And starting quarterback as well as running back. Third down in Manchville, third down at four. But fast, Clark. Wait till you see him on the offensive side of the field. And the powerful run. They go back to the play. Realistically, Carson Haleski only has one play that's drawn to him. And it's that dive, that trap run, and it goes right off the left side and he finds Trey Small and runs him right over but gets a nice gain and sets up exactly what the Bearcats want to do. Third down and three. From the 27-yard line, three men backfield splitting the hash marks. Hands off to Shane Ostentoski. Beale City stops him in his tracks. 
for absolutely no gain. The tackle made by Seth Schaefer, that middle linebacker we were talking about earlier. And Ubley is going to be forced to punt here with a fourth and three deep in their own territory. And no room there for for uh, the running back. Is it Was that 47, Colin Oberski on the plat? Yeah, yes, yes, 47, excuse me, Oberski. It looks like Oberski. They went back to what they did on the first carry, which he is the last running back to get the handoff. And he goes around the right side. And this Beale City defense is fast as well as physical. So if you're going to delay two handoff fakes to get it to that third guy, that just gives them more time to fill those gaps. And it didn't go very far. And there's a fumble on the punt. And Casey Sweeney's punt is brought in by Trey Small, the 47, but he muffs it. And they're gonna, Beale City is going to say, the uh, officials say it's Beale City ball at their own 46-yard line. Trey Small called for the fair catch and was diving forward and seemed to trap it for a hot second before it bounced out. And that's apparently what they're saying. He was down on the fair catch. First and 10, Beale City. Ubley almost got a break already. Oh, I think Beale City recovered it, but I, I don't know. The two Bearcats who were in the area were number 30 and number 20. Carson Haleski and Blake Badger both were there in cover. When that ball hit the turf, they jumped on it, and they all missed it. Beale City is able to recover and avoid disaster to start this game. Coming out with a receiver wide, double wing back, and Trey Small gets the handoff right up the gut, and he's across midfield all the way out to the 49 of Ubley. Tackle made by number 30, Carson Haleski, middle linebacker for the Bearcats. That's a five-yard gain for Beale City, second down and five in Ubley territory. And they start out with that wing formation where the running back goes in motion from right to left, and as he goes by, they snap the ball, and it's a quick handoff straight through right into the heart of that Bearcat defense, and they push the pile ahead for five yards on first down. Wide right is Logan Shillman, their leading receiver. Jack Schaefer is on her center. Wing D to the left, two men in the backfield, wing back to the left. And it's going to be a handoff to number nine. That would be T.J. Maxson. He pushes the file forward all the way out, close to the first down marker to the 45-yard line. It looks like he's going to be a yard short. Be a gain of four on the play. Tackle made by number 57, Ethan Bruski. Now the secondary for the Bearcats, third down and one. So there's always three running backs on the field for the Aggies. And on first down, only one was in the backfield. The other two were covering up the tight ends, which is exactly the offense that Lakers likes to run for you listening at home. This time, they have two running backs in the backfield, and that third back was on the left side of the line, as Clark mentioned, behind the tight end. So it shows a power formation that's going to the left. Shaver surveying the prairie, facing a third and one. It's going to be a handoff to number 30, Ben Matthews. I don't think he and gets he it. he maybe is short by a half of a yard as blocking up that hole was a Logan Holbert, defensive end, six foot one, 200 pounds, senior for the Bearcats. And indeed, it's going to be fourth down and less than a yard to go for Beale City at the ugly 44 and a half yard line. Well, if you're going to line it up and go man to man with the Bearcats, you're going to have to come up with something a little better than that because they answer the call on third down and short and allowed no gain. But this game is early, and they're in Bearcat territory. If I'm the coach, I'm going for it. I think Bill Sweeney would do the same if his offense was on the field. And they are in formation to go for it. Jay Schaefer is under center. And off to Matthews again. He has the first down. He's all the way down to the 41-yard line. That is a gain of three on the play. Tackle made by Kyle Sweeney, linebacker for the Bearcats. First and ten for the Beale City Aggies, their first of the day, marching into Ubley territory. Absolutely, and they go right back to that dive again up the middle. A little better uh, push by that offensive line up front, and the running back's able to dive right 
up the middle and get enough to reset the chains, and Beale City gets the first first down of the game for either team. Seven and a half to play in the first quarter, no score. Beale City on their first offensive drive. Ubley's already punted once. It's an end around TJ Maxson. That's around a hold. Side. There's a Absolutely. hold in the backfield, and Casey Sweeney pushes TJ Maxson out at the 34-yard line, but that's more than likely going to be negated as the flag sits at the 46-yard line. I apologize for blurring, Clark, but it was so <laughs> obvious in the middle of the field. And 53 is Chase Smith, and he absolutely grabs I believe it was Nolan Van Erp by the shoulder pad and 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 just rips him right to the ground from the backside. It was clearly obvious out in the open, and uh, even this officiating crew doesn't miss it. And it's 10 yards from the spot of the foul. So from the 46-yard line in Ubley territory, this pushes Beale City back to their own 44-yard line. So we got a second, our first down in the country mile. You got to make that call, it's obvious, but and it's a big penalty for Beale City. But for the Bearcats, they defended the jet sweep well. They had Nolan Van Erp there to seal it off. And if that uh, defense or that offensive black doesn't pull him down, uh, that play goes for a loss, anyways. First and 24 now. Pitch around, and it's a double reverse around. Actually, he faked it all the way out. And on the far sideline will be number six, Wade Wilson, and he's across midfield. And they're actually going to say he stepped out of bounds right at midfield of the 50. Pushed out of bounds by Kyle Sweeney, and that will be a gain of about six yards. Uh, nice play, though, by Beale City. They had a lot of different people fooled there. They show a pitch to the right, and uh, a, a wide receiver coming around the back of the formation to show the reverse, and they fake the reverse, and the Bearcats did a good job of maintaining their gaps and maintaining their assignments, which is uh, the, un the very disciplined feature that the Bearcats bring to any game. They don't typically make the mistakes. They don't fall for that type of razzle-dazzle, and they only allow five or six yards on that play. Coming out, receiver wide to the right. Double wing offense, man in motion. That's T.J. Maxson. It's a handoff right up the middle to Ben Matthews, and he goes right into the teeth of that ugly defense and gets two yards. Logan Holbert stops him there after the two-yard gain out to the 48-yard line in Ubley territory. Third down in a ways to go, about third down in 16. Yeah, very interesting play call there by the Aggies. Uh, very much uh, waving the white flag on this series, and I, I don't like that. This offense has the ability to do more than that than run just a simple dive right into Logan Holbert. But credit Holbert holding his ground, making that tackle, now brings up third down in a mile. Truthfully, I thought this was four down territory anyway, so why not try to get five or six more instead of just running for one? Receiver wide each way, Ben Matthews and Logan Chilbin. Left and right, respectively. Schaefer's under center, man in motion. That's Wade Wilson looking back to pass. Staying in the pocket, throws down to the far sideline, and it's in and out of the hands of Wade Wilson at the 25-yard line. Casey Sweeney was in coverage, in and out, and that will be counted as a drop, and now fourth and 16 for the Beale City Aggies. Oh, and you got to love the wheel route, and if anybody has done it before, the Bearcats, we've seen it with them. Uh, we saw the Pirates do it in that district championship game. It is a staple in a lot of these teams' offensive game plans, and Casey Sweeney undercut that route. He tried to jump the route and pick it off and make the big play. That ball sailed right over his head, and if number six, Wade Wilson, is able to haul it in, if he was able to stay in bounce, he scores on that play. Great play designed by the Aggies. Just could not haul it down for that first down. And uh, back to punt. This would be number six Wade Wilson. A booming punt. Bounces at the 12-yard line. Takes a Beale City bounce and is going to be stopped at the one-yard line by number 10. Logan Chilman dives for it and pins the Ubley Bearcats deep. As far deep as you can be on a field. 
at the six-inch line, maybe even the three. And the LB Bearcats are back on the field at 0-0 ball game halfway through the first quarter. Uh, it doesn't matter what division you are a fan of or where your team is. When you get to a state semifinal, offense is important, defense is important, but the emphasis will be on the special team. Sometimes that is all it takes to change the way the game play is played. And I think Coach Sweeney is going to take his first time out here. Understandably, with 6.17 remaining in the first quarter, and I'll be pinned at their own one-yard line, first and 10 left right across the radio. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Coming out of the timeout, Ubley hands it off to number 44, Shane Ozentowski, their big back, and he gets all the way out to the five-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made by outside linebacker Wade Wilson for Beale City. Second down, six to go. We can all oh, yeah. take a sigh of relief <laughs> no now kidding. because I am not so certain that the tip of that football wasn't touching the end zone line. Fabulous uh, special teams punt coverage by the Beale City Aggies, recovering that ball and making sure it doesn't go into the end zone. And But on the counter of that after the timeout, Shane Ozentowski, a very important run getting out of their own end zone. It's a handoff to Shane Ostentoski once again. He's across the five out to about the seven yard line where forward progress is stopped by Wade Wilson. Flag is on the play and we also have a man down. Seth Schaefer also on the stop. No surprise there. And we now have a Beale City player down. That'd be Matthew Oswald. Six foot three, 210 pound sophomore. Medical crews working on him. Regardless though, brings up a third down and four for the early Bearcats. Shane Ozentowski with two straight carries. Absolutely, and no surprise there. I, I guess if it were me, I'd have been so nervous about a safety that I would have been happy having Casey Sweeney just take the snap and fall forward and get a yard just to get a little bit of breathing room. But Coach Sweeney trusts his offense, and Shane Ozentowski does the job getting out of the end zone. That time, though, he gets hit by Wade Wilson. Seth Schaefer absolutely stands up his momentum and stops him after a very short game. And we have a flag right in the middle of that, and it's going to be a chop block against the Bearcats, so it's half the distance to the goal line. That's going to cost them two yards. Back to the two-yard line, so now a repeat second down. Second down at nine to go from the ugly two-yard line, right back where we started from. Yeah, two, two-and-a-half-yard penalty. Not a big one there, but you certainly don't want to get caught. Bearcats, though, now you look at it, second down and nine. They would like they would like to get three yards per play. So when they only get one, there's a big emphasis now on second down of getting maybe four back on this play. Beal City in a four-man front. It's going to quarterback keeper Casey Sweeney out of the end zone beyond the five and gets tripped up. Looks like the turf out, turf jumped out and grabbed him there. A gain of three on the play out to the six-yard line. Third down and five for the Bearcats. And Casey Sweeney sprinting out of that end zone as fast as possible. Oh, man, he, he had a little bit of daylight there, enough to get a first down, I felt, but it certainly looked like the turf monster got him there. And that is a big, big disadvantage for some of our thumb teams because there is no turf anywhere near us that you can get affiliated with or get practice, practice reps on. It's a very different element to the game. Obviously, the field conditions are fabulous, but it is different. It's not the same dig that your home field would have. It's slick. There's a slick layer to it, and Casey Sweeney met it there and only gets three yards. Sweeney in her center, three-man backfield. Haleski, Oberski, and Ossentowski. And it's going to be a handoff from up the middle to Carson Haleski, his first carry of the day. He's out to the eight-yard line. Seth Schaefer, middle linebacker on another tackle there. And now the Ugly Bearcats facing a fourth and two inside their own 10-yard line. 
Oh, Seth Schaefer absolutely cleans up Carson Haleski. Certainly after watching the tape from last week, Beale City obviously had number 30 circled. That quick dive, that trapped run. And now the Bearcats are going to do something that they haven't probably done all season, if I had to bet, and that's punt from their own end zone. So Beale City, offense and defense right now have been dead even. Beale City special team so far has been the difference. J.C. Sweeney's punt, a good punt into the wind. It comes in at the 45-yard line by Trey Small. He's across the 40 to the 35. Cuts back in at the 30-yard line. It's up and it looks like a fumble on the play. And the Ubley Bearcats have it at the 31-yard line. Ubley recovers the Bearcats back on offense and advance the ball 30 yards <laughs> on the fumble on the end of that play. Trey Small was up ended at the end with three players hitting him at the same time. The ball pops loose and the Bearcats back on offense. I'm not, I'm not so certain, but I'm going to I'm gonna make an highly educated guess here. You won't see, probably shouldn't see Trey Small the rest of the game because those the way he went down, that certainly appeared like a concussion to me. He got hit hard and high and that ball come flying loose and there was nothing but white jerseys there to recover. Number 11, Levi Peruski makes the first big impact play of the game. Bearcats can take over the football. So instead of a three and out at the three yard line, he's now suddenly way out to the 31 yard line and still on offense. Ubley calls their second time out of this first half. Still in this first quarter. And suddenly little momentum swinging for the Ubley Bearcats. Just got done emphasizing how important special teams is on the play. <laughs> yeah. We saw a fabulous punt by the Beale City uh, punter and a recovery to make sure it doesn't go in the end zone by the rest of the special teamers. And now we saw the Bearcats have to punt it away. And what happens? The special teams makes a big hit, jars the ball loose, and forces a fumble and recovered this time by the Bearcats. So very important so far in this game to know special teams has been the difference. First and 10 from the 31, same formation, working just inside the left hash, left right across the right. There's a fumble on the play, and Beale City appears that the, the initial signal says they have it. No word yet from the officials, and nope, Casey Sweeney jumped on it the last second. Now second down in 12 as Casey Sweeney recovers that one. Wow, number 30 is right there. That's Ben Matthews with an opportunity to take it right back for Beale City. Uh, some confusion by the Bearcats. Just get... Just get credit for how un, how disciplined they are and fundamentally sound. They don't make mistakes, and that, that one there is a tough one. You certainly don't like to uh, run into your own guard and, and have the football hit the ground in the backfield. It's going to go down as a loss of two, but make things very difficult for a wing T team. Second down, 12. Casey Sweeney on the keeper around the right end, has a little bit of room to run. Now he's swarmed down to the 34-yard line after a six-yard gain. Tackling the way was Ethan Block, defensive end, also plays tackle, 5'8", 170-pound junior. Third down and six from the 35-yard line, two and a half to play in the first, no score. That's a play that the, the Bearcats love to use, get Casey Sweeney on the outside, especially on an over-pursuing defense. This defense is flying to the line of scrimmage, trying to take away that middle run. And Casey Sweeney is able to escape to the outside and get half of what they needed. Second down and 12 now becomes third down and six as we are hitting the two-minute mark left to go in the first quarter. 0-0, zero, zero, Ubley on their two-and-a-half Two and a half drive of the day, we'll call it. 
as this one was aided by a punt fumble. Casey Sweeney down to pass. It's into the hands of Isaac Horzinski out to the 47-yard line, and they say the reception was made as he's falling out of bounds and moved the chains for the Bearcats the first time today. Number five, Easton Yunker in coverage, but a great, a great catch by Isaac Horzinski. That throw comes in late. Casey Sweeney doesn't see him right away, but he gets it to the sideline. Tight coverage, but Isaac Horzinski catches it with his hands and holds it out there. He doesn't bring it into his body because that's where the defender is trying to swat it away. Gets both feet in and goes to the ground, maintains possession of the catch. That one, that catch is good at any level. What a throw and catch by the Bearcats as they uh, get a big first down and a much needed one for this offense. First and 10 from the 48 in their own territory. Left right cross Raider handoff to Shane Ozentos. He cuts back inside that left gap, gets across midfield and gets out for four yards out to the 48-yard line. Wade Wilson, outside linebacker, brings him down. Second down and six as we are about a minute 30 away from the end of the first quarter. That throw was big for the Bearcats because now you have the Aggies wondering when that play is going to come next. For the Bearcats, it may never come. They may never need to do that again, but it's mission accomplished, getting a completion, getting your senior quarterback a little confidence, and your big tight end, Isaac Warzynski, 23, makes a heck of a catch. Don't be surprised, though, in my opinion, they dial that play up again when they need it. T formation, Sweeney rolling to his left on the keeper, cuts back inside, and he's hit hard at the 46-yard line. No surprise again, Seth Schaefer, as soon as you hear a hard tackle, more likely he's going to be in there at six foot three, two hundred two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Gain of a yard, maybe two on the play out to the 46, third down and four. Most of the time when Casey Sweeney keeps the football, he executes three fakes and then slips around the outside and hopes to be forgotten about, utilizing the speed that he has to get to the sideline. This was a total design run where he doesn't have any fakes. He gets the ball, he gets takes the snap, turns around, and as he watches the three running backs fill the hole, he just spins right behind him as the fourth back and follows him through the line. Great job by the Aggies on defense, only allowing one. Uh, hand off to Oberski. He has room to run. He's at the 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10. He's gone. Five, touchdown, Bearcats. With 23 seconds remaining in the first half, first quarter, a 45-yard scamper for number 47, Kyle Oberski, and the Bearcats are on the board first. Aided by a punt and a fumble on that, recovered by the Bearcats, and they marched 99 yards down the field altogether and capped off with a Colin Oberski 45-yard run. It's 6-0 Bearcats. Wow, what an impressive drive by the Bearcats, but it starts with the special teams making a big hit, forcing the fumble and recovering it, and what a great job by the Bearcat offense coming up with a big pass play to help convert on what was a second down and 12. They were able to overcome that, and then Colin Oberski gets free and strikes first for the Bearcats. And the two-point conversion pass wide open into the hands of Kyle Sweeney and that is good and it's now an eight-point lead for the ugly Bearcats. Eight nothing over the stunned Beale City Aggies with 23 seconds remaining in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. The Ugly sideline is riding high as they now lead 8-0 over the Beale City Aggies. 
Edward Kalabruski breaks out for a 45-yard run. The two-point conversion good. And now the Bearcats going for the onside kick out to the 40. It's brought in by with ease by Beale City's Ethan Lockin. He's brought down at the 39-yard line by Nolan Van Erp on special teams. First and 10 for the Bear, for the Beale City Aggies. Trailing Ubley 8-0 with 19 seconds left here in the first quarter. Absolutely. In a, in a game where we felt defense was going to be the most important factor in this game, who's going to get the 21st? Paul mentioned in the pre-show. Very important that our Ubley Bearcats get on the board first. I think that is absolutely big. It certainly felt like Beale City was just a second away from breaking three. The Bearcats had nothing going. But a little play-action pass, opened it up, and Colin Oberski doesn't miss it with a big touchdown run to get Ubley up first here in the first quarter. Receiver wide to the right, and it's a handoff to Trey Small around the left side. And the Bearcats bring him down to the backfield at the 38-yard line. Nolan Van Erp brings him down for a yard loss, second down and 11. What a play there by the Bearcats, not allowing that jet sweep to beat him at all, beat him to the outside. Nolan Van Erp, just one of many Bearcats to come flying in and get that tackle for loss. We've reached the end of the first quarter, and the Bearcats are leading Beale City 8-0 right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Coming out of the end of the first and into the second, handoff to Trey Small. He gets out for two yards this time. Beale City now facing a third down and nine. Tackle made by Nolan Van Erp for Ubley. A couple run first teams getting themselves in situations of third down and long, second down and long. Not the game plan for either offensive coordinator. So on third down and nine in your own territory, here's where I think Beale City has to dial up a pass play very similar to what Ubley did. you got to do play action, do something to try to loosen up this rush that the front four and front seven are creating because it's not four down territory. Jack Schaefer surveying the prairie of the LB defense. Double wing back, man in motion. It's an end around to the right side. That'd be Wade Wilson. Has the first down across midfield to the 40, to the 35, to the 30. Cuts back to the 20, to the 10. Five touchdown, Beale City. One play goes 60 yards, and Wade Wilson into the end zone, and Beale City responds with a touchdown of their own a minute and 20 later. And the Beggies are on the board. It's now 8-6 to six with a two-point conversion still upcoming. And just like that, they get to the outside with a jet sweep. On, and there's no Bearcats there to contain the edge. He gets it. Then it's just a sprint, and there's blocking downfield. Well executed by the Aggies. The Bearcats get fooled. They felt play action was coming. It was not there. Simply a, one of those runs to the outside where it's a sprint to the sideline. Wade Wilson wins, and just like that, the tables are flipped, and the Aggies are on the board trying to tie the game with a two-point conversion. Was from a third and nine with all momentum on Ubley's side, and suddenly the Aggies find the end zone for the first time. Two back set, power eye to the right, receiver wide to the left, that'd be Chilman. Wade Wilson now in motion, and now we have a false start on Seth Schaefer on the right side. The only reason I know that is because he blasted right through that line completely, and this will push back Beale City five yards to the eight-yard line. That, that makes things difficult. Uh, when you're trying to run the ball and get seven yards for a two-point conversion, changes the game plan a little bit. If you had a good running play in mind to get you two yards, getting one from seven yards now is a little difficult. So if you're the Bearcats, you have to be aware of the same situation. A chance for a play-action pass or that run to the outside, can't let that burn you again. 
Going for two now from the eight-yard line. Same formation. Powell right to the right. Now man in motion, Wade Wilson to the left, and it's a pitch out to the left to Ben Matthews, trying to find that, and he's brought down to the four-yard line by Isaac Warzynski, and the Bearcats retain the lead, 8-6 to six with 11.03 remaining in the first half, right here on the WLW Sports Network. Bearcats leading by two. Eight to six, Albany leading, but Bale City finds the end zone a minute and 20 later than the Bearcats did after a 59-yard drive, including a 60-yard touchdown run. That's right, Wade Wilson breaks out from 60 yards. And a squib kick comes in at the 28-yard line by number 22, Kyle Sweeney. Breaks out one tackle and drags his defender all the way out to the 47-yard line. And leading the tackling was Cade Block, the sophomore for Beale City, pulled up from JV in the postseason. First and 10 for the Ugly Bearcats at their own 46-yard line, right to left across the radio, leading 8-6. to six. Nice job by Kyle Sweeney. He plays just up a little bit about the 30-yard line, and they squib kick it into the wind this time, not allowing it to hang up there. But it hops right into his arms, and he does a great job. Get two hands on the ball. You are not the guy that's supposed to be returning. You're supposed to be blocking. So he does an excellent job covering the football up and makes a guy miss and gives Ugly really good field position to start this drive. Second half for second second quarter now. Casey Sweeney had a handoff to Kyle Noberski. He falls forward to the 49-yard line. This is going to be a gain of three. Tackle made by Justin Graveret. He plays nose guard for the senior Beale City Aggies. 10.44 remain in the first half. 8-6 Upley leading. Go right back to the play that scored him a touchdown the last time they had the ball. And Colin Oberski gets it around the right side, and he just powers his way through and gets that standard mark that the Bearcats are looking for. He gets three on first down going over the right side. The LB Bearcats coming out of the huddle, working off the right hash, right to left across your radio, leading by two points with 10 minutes and 20 seconds before the half. Casey Sweeney under center, three men backfield, as has been all season long. And quarterback keeper around the left side. Casey Sweeney has the edge, has positive yards into Beale City territory. Breaks out his first tackle and John dives and forced out of bounds at the 40-yard line. That is going to be enough for a first down move the chains. A total run of 12 yards on that one for the Ubley Bearcats into Beale City territory. And that's a great run. And sometimes when Casey Sweeney runs that, because he's running right at us, it's easy to see. It's when they, he sees a defender coming, he jumps to his left, which is going back, farther back into your own territory. Well, you don't want to lose more yards than what this play is already could do for you. But he gets a block on the end, and then it's a race to the sideline. He shakes off a Trey Small tackle and is able to get a first down and a 12-yard run down the sideline. Great play execution and blocking up front by the Bearcats. First and 10 for the Bearcats at the Beale City 40-yard line, 10 minutes in the second quarter. 8-6, Bearcats over the Yankees. Sweeney under center, hands out to Colin Oberski to the right side, and he's getting tackled down to the 36-yard line. That'll be a gain of four on the play. Tackle made by Talon Neath, defensive end, 5'7", 165-pound senior for Beale City. Second down and six from the 36-yard line. Very, much a very big variety of players for Beale City is uh, you, you talk about you know Seth Schaefer being 6'3", 235 and probably going to go on and play football next year for a collegiate team and then 
you see guys making impacts like Trey Small, 5'6", 113. Uh, the guy you just mentioned there, Clark, another undersized guy. They're, so they're not overwhelmingly big. They have a couple positions where they're big, but the Bearcats are used to that. They can game plan around those people or go right at them if they feel need to. Casey Sweeney, the keeper on the right side this time, has a lead blocker, and he has no one in front of him. Casey Sweeney into the end zone, touchdown Bearcats. Casey Sweeney from 36 yards out gives the Bearcats their second score of the day, and they extend their lead back out to eight points, potentially down to 10 as they now lead 14 to six. Wow, what a play in it. How many times can you keep going to the well? And that's what Bill Sweeney does. If he finds a play that beats you, he comes right back with it until you stop it. And he does a little run in there, sells it. But Casey with a big run to the left, gets 12 yards. You see a play or two in the middle. And then just like that, if there's anybody that sells it any better than Casey Sweeney, I'd like to meet him. But he certainly showed like he handed it off and then hesitates just a second like he doesn't have the ball and then explodes around the right side. And again, the blocking, phenomenal down the field. There's Aggies all over the place, but nobody near the football. Casey Sweeney scores down the right end, and they're looking to get another two-point conversion. Trying to make this a 16-6 ball game. 9-15 left in the second quarter. Sweeney is under center. A delayed handoff to 44. Shane Ossentowski, he stopped in the backfield. No gain, and the two-point conversion is no good. Tackle made by Ben Matthews for Beale City. So the score remains a one-possession ball game. Ubley 14, Beale City 6 right here on the W. And the W Sports Network. Bearcat offense picking up where they left off from a week ago against Novell. They now have two scores already. 15 minutes into the ball game, they lead the Beale City Aggies 14-6. After Casey Sweeney, 36-yard run around the right end into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. They now lead 14-6. A big drive there by the Bearcats and showing different ways to score the football out of that wing tee. You saw a play-action pass on the last series that set up a Colin Oberski run. This time they use Shane Ozentoski to set up Casey Sweeney running to the outside, and he's able to get free, but the blocking has been phenomenal. The squib kick comes in and Ryan aims his hands. He's still on his feet all the way out to the 47-yard line. A nice return for Beale City. Tackle made by Isaac Warzynski for the LA Bearcats, and the Beale City Aggies have their best field position of the day to start a drive. First and 10 from their own 47 to 53 yard field to work with. Amazing how these big games where special teams is part of the action and is the most important part of the game. Field position battle has been won by Beale City today, but the Bearcats have been able to overcome all the odds from starting a drive on their own half-inch yard line. and But this time, though, the Aggies respond with a nice kick return of their own as they're going to start at their own, looks like, 47-yard line. Logan Schillman wide to the right. Jack Schaefer under center. Two men backfield favoring the right side. Wing back to the left. That's Wade Wilson. Back to pass. Satan in pocket throws downfield to Chilman. This one's up, and this one's in and out of the hands. Good coverage there from Levi Peruski at the 23-yard line. That very well could have been pass interference, but none called regardless in favor of the Bearcats. And now second down and 10 from the 48. And if you're uh, num if you're the Bearcats secondary, you have to be careful. Levi Peruski, he got his hands up in the air. Does doesn't put him on the receiver. He must have got his head around. I didn't see it because I thought if he doesn't turn around and look for the ball, 
then you're going to get called. But in this case, he shows his hands up in the air, just trying to knock the ball down. The ball's a little underthrown as well, and uh, the Bearcats get away with a potential big pass interference call. Handoff to TJ Max, and he's across midfield into Ubley territory, down to the 49-yard. They're going to mark him down, actually. Bam at the 49-yard line, tackle made by Ethan Smalley. A gain of four on the play, third down and six for the Beale City Aggies in Ubley territory. And for Beale City, that's a, a nice little run to come back with, but I love the play call. We've been looking at it, talking about it on the breaks. It's one-on-one -on -one coverage out there, and they got some big-time receivers, some big receivers to throw the ball to. Logan Schillman, 6'2", 160, a significant height advantage over guys like Levi Peruski. Don't be surprised if they dial up that play again and see if they can't strike for a big one. Double wing back set and it's a jet sweep to Wade Wilson. He cuts out. He has the first down across the 40. Still got his way and he's across the 30 and all the way down to the 28, 29 yard line. Nolan Van Erp finally chases him down. Wade Wilson with a big run pushes Beale City onto the edge of the red zone with 8-11 remaining in the first half, trailing Ubley 14-6. Missed tackles. Missed tackles. That cannot happen if you're the Bearcats. If you are going to hold this lead and win this football game, it started with number 22. He made a great play. Kyle Sweeney gets up into the backfield, reads the play, and absolutely misses an open space, followed by Carson Oleski, followed by Isaac Warzynski. These guys are good tacklers, and they made poor efforts on that play, and that allows the Aggies to get a big first down. Got a sure-handed make those tackles in open space. Wade Wilson in motion once again. Staying in the pocket, back to pass. Has time into the flats on the far side. The Chillman is complete. Out to the 25-yard line. Forced out of bounds. They're going to say he's knocked out at the 26-yard line by Levi Peruski. It's a... Oh, they're going to mark him down at the 25. So a four-yard reception. Four Chilman now second down and six. Good coverage by Levi Peruski. Yeah, number 10, uh, Logan Chilman is a nice receiver. Actually gets away, in my opinion, with a little push off there, setting up that route to the outside. But if you're the Bearcats, you'll allow that all day. If they're going to throw three, four-yard out routes, Levi Peruski handles that very well. A favorable spot, mind you. I thought it was only three yards. They gave him a fourth. That play doesn't hurt you at all. Good pass coverage by the Bearcats. Shieldman wide to the right, working off the left hash of the 25-yard line. Wade Wilson in motion. It's a jet sweep once again, too. Wilson cuts back in. He has the first down and finally dragged down at the 14-yard line by Logan Holbert. He tracked him down, moved the chains once again from the 25 down to the 14, 11-yard pickup. Very patient run there by Wade Wilson. He, he had the ball right away and kind of slowed up and allowed the, the blocking to take its course, and he turns it upfield and Logan Holbert gets his hands on him, but he's dragged for about three or four yards before he can finally get them off his feet. Another impressive run by Wade Wilson. Seven minutes, 14 seconds left in this first half. Clock winding down. Bearcats leading 14 to six over the Beale City Aggies, but the Aggies knocking on the door for the second time today. Jack Schaefer under center at the 14-yard line. Chilman wide to the right, working off the right hash. Man in motion. It's a handoff right up the middle to Ben Matthews. Has positive yards all the way down to the 8-yard line. That'll be a gain of 6. Tackle made by Kyle Sweeney, linebacker for the Bearcats. Second down, 4 to go for Beale City. Show that, that jet sweep, though, again, and you can see them Bearcats shift to the outside, and that opens up a hole, and number 30 doesn't miss it. Ben Matthews goes right up the middle. He was tripped up at the line of scrimmage, but was able to break through of that and dive ahead and get probably a half of what they needed or more. Second down, now unmanageable. Six and a half remain in the first half. Beale City trying to tie this one up with a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Chilman wide to the left, double wing back set. Trey Small on tailback, man in motion. That's number nine. He gets the handoff. T.J. Maxson 
And he's down to the five and dragged down and ripped down by Casey Sweeney after a three-yard pickup. Casey Sweeney saves a touchdown there. Now a third down and manageable for the Beals City Yankees. Third down in about a yard and a half. It's true man-to-man for the Bearcats out there. They are selling out to stop the run. But when they run jet sweeps, those guys in the middle are going to be blocked. So it's going to be up to guys like Casey Sweeney on that play. He's man-to-man with number nine, TJ Max, in the running back. So when he sees the jet sweep playing deep safety, he's got to now come up and make that tackle in open space. A very difficult thing to ask, but Casey Sweeney comes up and man handles him, brings him down, and forces third down and short. Third and one from the ten from the five-yard line. Need to get down to the four. Tillman wide to the right. They're working off the left hash. Double wing back set. One tailback. It's going to be a delayed handoff to Ben Matthews coming around the right side, and he's going to be ripped down in the backfield by Austin Peruski for a three-yard loss. Back to the eight-yard line, and Beale City now facing a fourth and four. In ugly territory. That is a mistake by Ben Matthews. You need one yard. It is You're not trying to score. You need one yard for a first down. There is no reason for him to kick it to the outside. He needs to punch it ahead and take that yard that is given to you. And when he kicks it to the outside, you can bet that Bearcat defense swarms him in the backfield, led by Austin Peruski, drags him down for a big loss. And now a very big momentum shifter here coming up. Fourth down and four. The Aggies need four for a first down or eight for a touchdown. And with 4.41 remaining in the first half, Beale City calls their first timeout as they face a very important fourth and four from the ugly Bearcat eight-yard line. Dave Hanson, what are you expecting here? You're going to see jet sweep. City, jet sweep or Beale City taking advantage of that man-to-man coverage. I don't see any reason why they don't go back to the jet sweep. It has worked. They only need four yards. They don't need to hit a home run. That, that, that play has worked very well, specifically for Wade Wilson. He's run it four times. He's averaging 24 yards a touch every time he's done it, and his worst one has gone for six yards. We haven't seen the Bearcats cover the jet sweep very well. The only time is when they went away from Wade Wilson. Casey Sweeney comes up and makes a phenomenal tackle in open space. Uh, for me, that's the play, but it's almost too obvious. The Coach Sweeney and his defensive staff have got to be talking about that play right now. But they, they don't need to score here. They need four yards for a first down. So I think that's where the emphasis is. And the Bearcats' run defense has been pretty phenomenal up the middle so far. Beale City with just 18 plays of offense. They already have 126 yards, 122 of them coming on the run game, including a Wade Wilson 60-yard run on the jet sweep. Fourth and four from the eight-yard line. Shieldman out wide to the left. Ben Matthews has fullback behind Schaefer, who's under center. Double wing back set. Schaefer taking his time. Now runs in position. Man in motion. That's Wade Wilson. Back to pass. Man in, in his under throwing. And Ubley comes up on the turnover on downs. And stands strong as that ball was severely under throwing. And Ubley takes back over on downs at their own eight-yard line, leading 14-6. to six. Beale City is seeing the same game that we were seeing, and, and Dan was talking in my ear not a couple plays before that, and he says they're giving so much soft coverage to these receivers. What I mean by that is they're giving them seven, eight yards of leeway that this receiver can go whatever direction he wants without being touched by a defensive back. He takes two steps, leans to the outside, and then cuts in inside as hard as he can for a slant. He is wide open. I'm sorry, Levi Peruski was nowhere near him, and the quarterback simply underthrows him. Not only would that have been a first down, it would have been a walk-in touchdown. The Bearcats get away with it, and now we'll see if their offense can run some clock off. And off to Carson Haleski. He goes nowhere, actually backwards. Back to the six-yard line. Tackle made by Ethan Locke, defensive tackle for Beale City. 
Second down and 13 from the six-yard line. We'll call it second and 12, actually. 420 remaining in the first half. The more important part, though, Obley's still leading by eight points, 14-6. to six. Yeah, Heck of a play there by Ethan Locke uh, to blow that play up from the get-go. And uh, as the clock rolls down to hit that four-minute mark here shortly, the Bearcats would love a first down here and really milk as much clock as possible and not give the Aggies another shot to tie this game. Their defense come up big. Now they're asking the offense to try to run this clock and right down to halftime if possible. It'll be a handoff to number quarterback keeper around the right side. Casey Sweeney still has positive yards and dives down at the 15, maybe the 16-yard line short of the first down marker. Tackle made by Easton Yunker, outside linebacker. He's a senior for this Beale City Aggie team. And now third down and manageable, third down and three. That's exactly where the Bearcats need to get back to. You know, the staple number is three in this offense. They want to get three, and they only want to have to get three when the time comes. So the goal is a three. Big run there by Casey Sweeney. It still amazes me how many times that play has worked today already. The BL City Aggies have had no answer for it. But one thing there, Casey tried to create contact, tried to stay in bounds, just couldn't do it. The clock stops right at 346 until the Bearcats snap it here on third down. 14 to 6, Ubley leading by 8, and it's going to be a handoff to Carson Hleski up the gut, and he's very close, but he looks like he's shy by about a, maybe a half of a yard or less. Tackle made by number 71, Justin Graverett for Beale City. Now fourth down, there's a signal as they're at the seven-yard line. They need to get out to the eight. Uh, that's not quite right either, is it, Clark? No, yeah, no. Let's <laughs> try that again here. How about 17 out to the 18. There we go. Yeah. That sounds a little better. As last series. Decision time now for the for the Bearcats. Certainly a yard. I believe they can get it any time they want with any running back of their choice. But as uh, the clock rolls here, there's going to be about, well, let's see. There's 3.05 on the clock. They break the huddle. I got to think they're going to punt it here and trust that the defense keeps the Aggies off the board. And they do four substitutions. Casey Sweeney stands his own five-yard line awaiting the punt. There's the snap, and the punt is away with the wind at his back, and it's across midfield brought in by Logan Shieldman at the 43. He's going to the near sideline. He's at the 40 right now. Breaks out one tackle. He's at the 45 and runs out of bounds at the 47-yard line, about a four, maybe five-yard return. And the Beale City Aggies are going to have one more shot here before the half to tie things back up. 2.42 remains in the first half. I'll be leading 14-6. to six. Just a side note, the other two teams that are left in Division 8 is Fowler and Reading. And midway through the second quarter, Reading leads Fowler 34-12. to 34-12, Reading Midway leading. through the second quarter. Okay. Reading being your defending Division 8 state champions, by the way. Yes, indeed. So nine, nine yards and three plays results in a punt for the Beals, or Ubley Bearcats. Gives the ball back to the Beale City Aggies at their own 47-yard line. Chilman wide to the left, man in motion. That being number nine, T.J. Maxson has positive yards. Across midfield out to the 49, maybe they're going to mark him down, the 48-yard line. Tackle made by Isaac Warzinski for the Bearcats. Second down and six. Better coverage by the Bearcats stopping that jet sweep. And all they're trying to do is get their athletes in space without throwing the football. Beale City runs to the outside and then allows their their speedy running backs to try to break tackles and make guys miss. That time Isaac Warzinski answers the call, only allows three on first down. 
Second down, six, man in motion. That'd be Wade Wilson, hand up right up the middle to Trey Small. Not much going there as he ran right into the teeth of that ugly defense. Gain of two, tackle made by Shane Ozentoski. Under two minutes remaining in this first half. It's still 14 to six, ugly. Beale City facing a third down and four from the ugly 46. They're not in a big hurry here. I'm very surprised. I thought you'd see a little bit of a hurry-up situation. They have some timeouts in their pockets, does Beale City, but obviously in this situation, third down and four, getting the first down is the most important thing they got to do here. Third down, four to go from the 46-yard line. Receiver wide to the right, Chillman. Beale City offense with 132 yards on today. Half of that on one play. Man in motion, Wade Wilson, another jet sweep to the right side. He has lead, he has the first down across the 40, still on his feet. He's across the 35 and finally ripped down to the 32-yard line for a 14-yard gain. Ethan Smalley, defensive end, finally tracks him down. And Beale City stops the clock momentarily to move the chains with 111 in a first down. He has been unstoppable, and we talk about the jet sweep. Trey Small had no luck. TJ Maxson really hasn't had any luck either. Wade Wilson to the other side. It's worked really well, and again, missed tackles. Casey Sweeney missed there. Logan Hulbert missed there. So not only did he get the first down, but he got some gravy extra yardage here as the clock runs under a minute. Another handoff to Wade Wilson. He has positive yards again all the way out to the 25-yard line. This will be a gain of eight on the play. Tackle made by Carson Haleski. We have a timeout called by Beale City. That is their second of this first half with 50 seconds. That's 5-0 remaining in the second quarter. And Beale City putting together a drive here just before the half is over. Ball down at the 25-yard uh, line. Yeah, the clock is still going here. No, that's here. the timeout clock. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. It's just very, very coincidental, that's all. At the same time, we're very close to the same amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways here, absolutely. Beale City here loving that jet sweep right now with Wade Wilson. Keep that in mind, but at some point here, they're just not moving quick enough. Time, Too much time went on that first three plays. They let too much go. Now, if you're the Bearcats, you have to understand and keep the ball in front of you. They are going to try and throw it to their big receiver, probably number 10, Logan Schulman here at some point. Got to be ready for it. Casey Sweeney is your deep safety. Wouldn't be surprised if he starts cheating over that way to take that play away. Second down, two to go from the 25. Both teams with one timeout remaining. 14 to 6, the Bearcats leading the Beale City Aggies. 19th postseason run for the Bearcats, 35th for Beale City. Just three losing seasons since 1974. Working off the right hash, double wing back set, receiver wide to the left, that'd be Chillman. Trace Small is your tailback. Wing, wing backs are Maxson and Wilson. Wilson in motion. And it's going to be a delayed handoff, and it's a handoff to Max and has the first down. Still on his feet at the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Can he get in? He cuts out. Touchdown, Beale City, with 41 seconds remaining in the first half. And Beale City gets their second touchdown of the day with a handoff to number 9, TJ Maxson, in for the score. Ugly 14, Beale City 12, two-point conversion upcoming. Just like every good team does, they work off of what has worked well. Some teams run to then try to throw it off play action. This time, they show the jet sweep, the run to Wade Wilson, and then a delayed misdirection handoff to number nine is TJ Maxson. And he goes around the left side, and once he gets past that defensive line, then it's just how is he going to score? And he takes it to the left pylon and scores with 41 seconds left. The Aggies down two, going for two points. 
Man in motion, Wade Wilson, two wide to the left now. Back to pass, Schaefer looking wide open in the end zone is Wade Wilson, and we have a tie ball game. 14 to 14, 41 seconds before the half, and momentum has shifted to the Beale City Aggie sideline. We're all square, 14 to 14 between the Beale City Aggies and the Ubley Bearcats right here on the WLW Sports Network. Beale City puts together a 53-yard drive and took two minutes and one second off the clock. Results in a T.J. Maxson touchdown. Beale City Ray kicked things off from their own 40-yard line. That'd be number 72, Aiden Mindel. Can't imagine Beale City kicks this ball terribly deep unless they he thinks he can get it into the end zone. I got to imagine a squib kick to one of the front, front guys of the Bearcats coming up here. It's a line drive, bounces at the 17 and then has some back, rest, back roll and it's brought on by Carson Haleski. He's out to the 29-yard line before he's finally brought down by Cade Block again on special teams. That's two special team tackles for him. 36 seconds remain in this first half and Ubley's going to have one last shot to throw her downfield. And by throw, I mean run. Yeah, absolutely. There's no chance. I, I don't think there's any chance this ball is going to be airborne in any way, shape, or form. I think the Bearcats are happy with the way, almost happy with the way this first half went. You're going to see a couple runs, and the only way you're going to see a score of it is there's a bad turnover or the Bearcats absolutely break free here and score on a huge play. 36 seconds and one timeout in the pockets of the LB Bearcats and Bill Sweeney, head coach. Quarterback keeper to the right side, and Beale City hones in on it, and they get out for about a half of a yard. Trey Small comes out of the secondary and stops number two, Casey Sweeney, for no gain, maybe a half of a yard. Clock rolling still, and Ubley not calling a timeout. Now you can see the defensive side of the Beale City now starting to lean to that outside run, taking it away. It's funny, the Aggies want a jet sweep to get it to the outside. The Bearcats want to sell run to the inside and keep Casey Sweeney to the outside. Very different way of trying to get to the same spot. Five seconds left, and they're going to snap this one just before the half, and it's uh, there. And it's going to be handoff right up the middle to Carson Haleski, and he's brought down to the 34-yard line for a gain of four. Ethan Locke on the stop, and we've reached halftime the same way we started. A tie ball game, 14-14. to Peel City fires back and ties it with 41 seconds before the half is over. And we are squared in the state semifinal game between the Beale City Aggies and the Elby Bearcats right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. 